is the Influencer Entrepreneurs Podcast with Jenny Melrose, where I strategize with business owners on how to grow and scale their businesses to hit their income goals. This is episode 279 of the Influencer Entrepreneurs Podcast with Jenny Melrose. Today, we're going to dive into pricing strategies, examples for bloggers, influencers, and product creators. You're going to want to stick around and listen to this episode because I talk about multiple examples and ways that you can make sure that you are earning what you deserve. So before we jump into that, I want to make sure that if you haven't already grabbed my pitching guide, that you do so. Pricing that we're going to talk about is definitely going to be something that will matter to sponsored work, but also product creation. So you're going to want to grab that pitch guide because it's going to show you exactly how you can put the pricing that I give as examples in this episode into practice in your proposals. So you can always send me a DM on Instagram at Jenny underscore Melrose, or you can always click through to the show notes and we have the full post there as well as links to the pitch guide. All right, so let's dive into really understanding what the pricing strategies look like for the examples for bloggers, influencers, and product creators. Now, the first thing that we need to talk about is your hate rate. Yes, I said hate as an H-A-T-E rate, because that's important because it's going to help you determine what you are willing to charge at your absolute lowest so that you do not end up hating yourself and the people that you are working with, whether that is going to be clients or that is going to be a brand, whatever that might look like for your personal journey in your business. You have to know what your hate rate is. It is that minimum price that you are willing to work at where depending upon who it is that you're working with, that price may fluctuate or change. So keep that in mind as you're trying to determine some of your pricing strategies. If there are certain things within your business that you despise doing, that's probably something that you're going to charge more for. Because it's going to be something that's going to take more time. It's not as enjoyable for you. So for example, myself, I'm not a lover of creating video content. I don't mind recording it, but I don't like the editing process. So when I ran the Melrose family, it was always something that I charged more for, not just because I didn't like it, but because not only did I not like it, I was going to hire someone else in order to create that video content for me. And I still wanted to be able to have a profit based on who I was hiring to do that video content. So that's really something to keep in mind when you are looking at your hate rate. Certain things that some people may charge, you may charge more for. And I was okay with a brand saying, no, that's too much that we're not going to pay that for video content. Because for me, it was only profitable if I charged the amount that I was saying that I charged. So definitely keep that in mind when you are looking at establishing your hate rates. Don't just do a blanket hate rate for one particular thing, working on sponsored work or creating that specific product. It could change. It could change based on client. Let's say you're working with a brand and you know that they're high maintenance and they're going to come back and ask for multiple things. If you worked with them in the past and that was the case, my prices are going up to make it so that I don't hate the opportunity of working with them. So really be willing to be flexible and to stand by the price that you are choosing. Now, 
When you are establishing this hate rate, what I want you to think about is what is the amount of time that you are going to spend on those particular tasks? What else could you be doing that could potentially bring you more money? So if you are going to do sponsored work and you also have a one-on-one service where you earn more money for that one-on-one service, then potentially that brand deal that you are working on, plus you enjoy the one-on-one service that you offer more, you have to make it worth that amount of time. So look at exactly what it is that you're being asked to do. Does it all have to be done by you? Are you going to hire some of this out? Or is it explicitly your one-on-one time that's going to take up? And if that's the case, what is the minimum that you are willing to be charged for your expertise. So that's something else that I want you to understand is that when it comes to deciding what to charge, it's really based upon what you have done as an expert in that industry. You don't want to be saying the least amount possible that anyone else is charging, influencer-wise, let's say, for example. Or if you're a health coach, you don't want to be the minimum. You don't want to be the absolute lowest. You want to be somewhere in the middle. And I know as women, we have a tendency to let imposter syndrome sneak in and say, who am I? I'm not an expert. I'm not the, don't have all the degrees. Here's the thing. We talk about this many times. When it comes to creating content, you are needing to be three steps ahead of the audience that you're trying to serve. Now, I'm not telling you that if you are trying to help someone with their health and weight loss, that you don't have to have some sort of better understanding. But as long as you are clear in stating that you do not have a doctorate or a certified nutrition, whatever that might look like for you and your niche, you are clear on that That's up to people to then decide. You can serve those that you, if they are falling into being three steps behind you. So that's definitely something I want you to keep in mind when we're talking about how you're going to be that expert in the industry for them. You are that expert. You have done it. You have solved that problem. That's why anytime we talk about who is it that you are serving and how are you serving them, I talk about the problems because it's often you have solved that problem for yourself or for your clients. And that's when you become that expert. All right. So now let's actually get in into the pricing strategy examples. We're going to start off with sponsored work. And this can be, we're going to set it up as not only just for website, social media, but kind of bits and pieces. So you know that if you are a Pitch Perfect Pro student, that I teach you that it's important that when you put together a proposal, you put together a package price. You're not simply saying that you charge this for an Instagram post and calling it a day. That's not what we're doing. We're putting together an actual campaign for them, which is going to consist of multiple deliverables, such as a blog post, an Instagram post, reels, stories, a YouTube video, an email to your list. All of these things have prices that can go along with them, and you have to have that in mind when you are pricing it. So I always say give a package price, 
but you need to know the individual prices that you're charging for those specific deliverables. So when we're looking at your blog content, again, we know that it normally goes into page views and reach. And are you actually doing keyword research and have good SEO? What is your domain authority? Those things matter. And if you can articulate that, a brand is going to be willing to pay your prices, even if they are on the higher end, because they understand the value and the expert that you are for your audience and the site that you run. So really understanding what that should look like for yourself. What is it that you're doing for your blog? What type of content are you creating? Are you doing the keyword research? Is it going to be SEO friendly? Will they actually see traffic over a long time? Is it something that you can routinely link back to in other content? Because it's going to be something that may be cornerstone content, or it's going to be a large piece of what you normally talk about on your site. Always something to keep in mind. Now, when it comes to social media, we are going to look at, again, we're looking at reach, engagement, and of course, followers. That is what they look for. They definitely are looking at those follower numbers, but they also want to understand, even if you are a micro-influencer, you have only a 1,000 followers. What does the engagement look like? How often are your people talking to you? What are they engaging on? If you're looking at Instagram, are you doing reels? Are you doing stories? Are you consistently creating content there? Same thing with YouTube. Are you consistently creating content that is starting to get views because you did the keyword research in order to create that YouTube video so that it is going to, over time, gain traction? Same thing with Pinterest impressions. I know that Pinterest, we're seeing less and less traffic coming directly to our site, but Pinterest pins are still valuable to businesses because they don't necessarily need the traffic to actually go to your website. Brands need your pin to be about their product. So you can really start to think differently about Pinterest in the way that we have in the past and what you can actually charge for a pin. That ends up being based upon your impressions and your followers rather than it just being thrown as a pin because it's going to be part of your traffic. No, now we're talking about it being an idea pin that maybe has some video aspects to it that is really targeting that particular brand or that you are working with. So looking at what you can potentially charge there, as well as, of course, we talked a little bit about Instagram and YouTube. We know that Instagram, the traditional what is industry standard is for every 10,000 followers, you can charge $100 per post. Per Instagram story, I would even charge more for real because real, as we're going to talk about in a little bit, is video content. And more goes into that. So again, think about what you're going to actually charge for that. The other piece of what you can charge for when it comes to your pricing strategies is an email blast. Do you actually have an email list that is engaged, that opens, that has a high click rate, that converts? If you have a list of 10,000 followers at an open rate of 30% and a click rate of 2%, the brands are going to be willing to pay good money just for an email blast. So thinking about what would you charge based on the number of subscribers you have, what an email might look like. Is it simply a PS or is it directly about that brand that they're then going to get clicked straight through to their website? Whatever that might look like for you. I briefly mentioned when we were talking about reels, about video 
creation. Where are they using that video creation? What type of video content is it? Is it a reel? Is it a, an idea pin? Is a YouTube? Is it a YouTube short? What kind of content is it? Is it something that you can repurpose into multiple forms of content? So let's say you took a long form YouTube video of you creating a recipe. Could you then turn that into a reel and a YouTube short as well as maybe an idea pin for that brand? That is going to be valuable to them. And you're able to charge more because you're giving them more. And when you show that you understand that, that that is part of your repertoire as a actual blogger and influencer, then they are willing to pay that. And you have to be able to ask for that and to articulate that. There, of course, then are also additional fees that you should be charging. You should be charging a rush fee. So if a brand turns around and says, hey, I need something in the next 48 hours, fixed, there's a rush fee that goes along with that. And based upon what it is that they're asking for the rush on, you would be charging 25% of that price. So in other words, let's say you're doing an Instagram post and it was supposed to go out in two weeks. They turn around and say, oh, our timeline changed. We want it in the next 48 hours. Let's say you have 10,000 followers. You charged 100 bucks for that Instagram post to your feed that was supposed to come out in two weeks. Now, you're going to charge $125 because you're doing 25% of that 100 for that post. You're not doing 25% of your entire package unless they turn around and say, we want everything, blog post, email blast, social media, everything within the next 48 hours. Then you're doing 25% of your entire package price. So keep that in mind when you're looking at that. You also want to charge more for exclusivity. If a brand comes and says that you can't work with someone else for 30 to 60 to 90 days, you need to be charging more for that, as well as charging more for rights to photos. I always recommend that you are charging double your price for your blog post just for those photos. Those photos are yours and they should come with If you are going to allow the brand to take them, you have to charge for that. You have to be able, they have to pay for the rights in order to do that. And you always want to make sure that you are charging for that. The last thing that is recent that is coming up quite a bit is whitelisting, or it's also being called dark posting. So if you're unfamiliar with this, this is where you are actually giving them access to the back end of your social media, Facebook, Instagram, and they are able to put money behind content that looks like you wrote about their brand. It's not even something necessarily where they're not boosting a post where you've already created it, it runs it back to your website. No, when you allow them to do whitelisting or dark posting, it allows them to create a post as you and have a link going directly to their website or going directly to their Instagram or to their opt-in or whatever it is. But it looks like you posting just about that brand. And it's not going to be being seen on your timeline. It actually pops up as an ad within someone's newsfeed. So they're able to target who they specifically want this to go to when it comes to your followers, the demographics, things like this. 
And when they're doing that, they're leveraging your audience. They're leveraging the way that you normally speak with the copy that you write, the photos that you create, and the trust that you have with your audience. So when it comes to whitelisting or dark posting, you should also be charging an additional fee, 25%. And that, again, is for the post that you are doing on that social media platform. So whatever you charge for like Facebook or Instagram, that's what we're looking for to actually have that fee for it. Okay, so we've talked a little bit about sponsored work for blogger and influencers, and you can see how you'd be able to actually pare that down. Look at if I didn't do a package and I was just being an influencer looking to do Instagram, what would that look like as far as my pricing? Now, when it comes to pricing strategies for product creation, it again is going to depend upon what type of product we're talking about. There's multiple, of course, we can talk about digital products, and we can also, of course, talk about actual physical items that you are making or building and then mailing and sending out. And then, of course, there's one-on-one consultations or coaching where it could be small group or one-on-one. Let's start with the digital products. So overall, when we're talking about digital products, we're talking about ebooks, workshops, courses, memberships, things in which we kind of consider passive. You put it out there, you build it, and it kind of is just out there for people to be able to purchase at any time. Not necessarily needing to have your constant attention except in the very beginning of creating that content. So now when we're looking at it pricing-wise, the things that you want to take in mind and actually keep an eye on when it comes to your digital products are doing your market research, seeing what other people are charging for similar products. And when I say similar, I'm not just simply saying for a course, because we know that some courses are very different than others. Some have tons of video content, while others are just pure written and a more or less a blog post. So looking at what the deliverables are, how the assets, what is actually delivered makes a difference in your pricing. You also want to look at what the transformation is worth to them, the value that's in that transformation. So if you are someone, let's say for an example, that is going to save them $400 a month on their groceries, that shows the value so that you can charge a price and be able to say, hey, in your first month of a course at $397, you're going to make back your money because I'm going to save you $400 in that first month. And then anything you save after that is just profit money in your pocket. So we're really starting to look at what is the value that we are providing them with. Are we providing them with health coaching? So are we getting them feeling more comfortable, more confident? That is value to people. And some people are willing to pay more, of course, based upon their where they are. And you're going to find some that, of course, are not your target audience, and you're going to find others that are. So deciding upon your price really is going to matter with the type of clientele that you start to attract. If you're only charging 20 bucks for a course, and someone else has the same course for 97 and it's delivered the exact same way... People are going to have a different level of commitment when it comes to a $97 product and a $20 product. So really start to think about, well, how am I going to want to sit within the marketplace when it comes to all of this? Now, we talked about digital products, but then there's also, of course, physical products. If you're making wreaths or you're doing DIYs and you're doing restoring furniture, 
You want to be able to look at what the cost of your materials are and as well as your shipping, and then what is going to be the profit. So when we're looking at the materials and the shipping, something to keep in mind when it comes to materials is that materials also includes your time. If it takes you five hours to restore furniture, five hours of your time needs to be calculated into the price of that new furniture that you're going to sell. So keeping that in mind when you are looking to do your profit. Now, the last piece of what I want to talk about when it comes to product creation are consultations and coaching, because this can widely vary based upon small group and also one-on-one. And the way in which I figure this out is I always go back to, I start with one-on-one. What is it that I'm going to charge for my time for 60 minutes. And then from there, I can then determine what my small group pricing is going to look like based upon how often we're going to meet, what is the level of commitment that they are getting from me as the person that is trading my time for money, and then make it to be able to be affordable. Now, when it comes to one-on-one and small group, there's also things to keep in mind as far as the amount of time that they have to be committed to a program. So if you are going to do work one-on-one with someone, are you only working for one-off 60 minutes or are they working with you for three months, six months, a year? What does a level of commitment look like so that you are going to have recurring consistent income? And I often recommend you also have a pay in full price as well as a monthly price. The pay in full you want to be less. The actual monthly you want to be more so that it they're actually seeing a benefit for paying in full. Now, when you are trying to decide your pay in full price and your monthly You want to start with your actual pay in full price. And you want to make sure that the price that you are getting hourly is something that you are comfortable with. So if they're getting six hours across of three months with you, what are you looking to normally make per hour when it comes to your pricing? And then you want to look at if you were to charge them monthly, you want it to be able to be a bit more expensive so that they can see the benefit in paying in full upfront. All right, you guys, we have covered a ton when it comes to pricing strategies and examples. I want to make sure that you start to really benefit and Take in mind and value yourself and your worth. The amount of time that you put into something does matter. If you haven't already grabbed my pitch guide, send me a DM on Instagram and I will send it to you. As well as if you leave a rating and review and send me a screenshot on Instagram at Jenny underscore Melrose, I will give you a free content marketing audit that really dives into your website and your social media to see if the two are working together in order to benefit and repurpose your content so that your audience will understand what you are the expert in. All right, guys, until next time, I will see you all then. 